0: Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction.
1: Hey, maggots. It's me, Maldros the Dark. (laughs) This episode was made possible by those filthy patrons. Corey Fouch, J.D. Rose, Daniel Nichols, Haley Munoz, Brian Dowling, Storm Cone, Jolene Fresquez, and Rory Richardson. You can join these Cretans at patreon.com slash Theater. Or just simply threaten someone you know. (laughs) Last episode ended with some weak blood named Zorin. Crying about his sad life. Boo hoo. (laughs) Now join me for some real entertainment. As we say goodbye to those in the arena as they die.
0: Dawn of Dragons. Season 4. Episode 5. Part 2.
1: You... You promised me a dance. Or at least a nice dinner. Not... Uh, edder cows. No, I didn't. You know I can't afford that. But I hope for something better than this. At least one of those stale cakes back at home they would put outside for the beggars. Only the best.
0: <laughs> Sophie laughed to herself slightly. She was trying to find joy in the situation as she pulled her sword out of the dead body of the bloated humanoid creature. Its wicked, spider-like mandibles twitched slightly, even in death. The crowd chanted above Sophie in the arena. Hers was the first battle of the day. Edercaps were wicked things, she remarked, always looking to ensnare their opponent with webs, like a spider, like those giant spiders in the underworld. She shuddered. She thought back to how she was rudely awakened on the second day of the games. A swift kick to the ribs, she had noted. (gasps) While every fiber of her being told to fight back against her captors, Zane's calm voice kept her in check. Wait, Sophie. Please, just wait. Our time will come. She was fed a soupy bowl of flavorless pasty gruel alongside many fellow gladiators, now including the silent Aralind, who sat across from her, mindlessly stirring the gruel with an iron-bound hand. She noted everyone's head was down too, quiet. Scott Scottmere and his brother weren't in their cell when she woke, or at the table. She was called to the arena first, making her ascent up the stone ramp alone save a guard opening the main gate, and she was met with a cascade of boos from the many members of the audience. Her eyes now. Though she didn't want them. You have to play them.
1: The show has to win for you to win. We have to win to survive. You got this. Okay,
2: fine. Who's next?
0: She wants more, my good people of Enrook. Here to finish her off is a favorite of yours and mine, the legendary even. Dr- Dragonheart! Wait. Who? The gate to the ramp opened and out strode a warrior in sparse green and black armor over a dark riveted chainmail hauberk. He covered the thighs, the right shin, and a single left shoulder. His helm was a simple blackened steel salle sitting over a chainmail coif, a single slit allowing his eyes to see but leaving his sneering smile exposed. Well, hello, Eben
2: friend
1: of yours? Oh, we go way back. Watch his sword. The guy likes to poison his blade and
0: paralyze his playmates. Wait. Is Maldress watching? Sophie saw the shadow-like form of the legendary horned gladiator standing. Gauze-covered arms crossed and two blood-red eyes staring out from behind the blackened helmet. Unnerving and intentionally staring at her. Analyzing every move.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Strike Evan with a spear toss first. Then don't use your sword. Use
0: my daggers.
1: Okay, but wait. Yes.
0: Let's send a message. Sophie thought of how Maldros had tortured and twisted Zane. Years they spent alone and away from each other. But now they were together and whole. No force in this world or the next could pull them apart now. His vengeance on the man who kept them apart was also hers.
1: Yes, let's.
0: Sophie picked up a spear from the arena floor and threw it at the charging warrior. He swatted it aside with his armored arm missing the mark. He continued charging forward with his sword, swinging wildly at her as she stepped out of the way in a swift, graceful motion, swatting upwards with the sword's crossguard fingers but startled. He missed with such momentum that the weapon flew out of his hands. Sophie began to attack him with Zane's dagger. Six quick slices, causing him to lose blood at a rapid pace. God, those daggers uh, Impossible He drew a hand axe, striking in the midsection. He missed as he stumbled blood soaking the chainmail across his chest where the links had separated from the blows. Yield or die! But Sophie lost her footing and failed to land a hit. Her moment of weakness opened up the opportunity for her opponent to grab his sword and hit Sophie (coughs) with two strong swings, cutting deep. She felt a numbing creep along her arm from the blows.
1: Uh, Poison! Sorry, Zane. It's my turn now.
0: Knowing she had moments to fight against the poison before she would be rendered helpless, she entered a panicked rage, dropping the daggers and pulling out her longsword. She swung weakly once, and Ebon dodged. Using the force of the swing, she brought the sword back around and over quickly, landing her hip with a sickening into the top of the fighter's helmet, splitting it to the visor. The crowd went wild and the body of the great Evan Dragon slumped to the ground.
1: This victory feels hollow and makes me want to puke. How can they cheer such needless death? I know. I feel the same as you.
0: Come on, let's go. Maldros watched on. After regaining Zane's blades, Sophie turned to the edge of the darkened sand of the blood pit in which she stood and saw him staring at her intently. She looked down at the daggers in her hands, and then smiled at Naldros. She stood straight, and held them aloft in the air in victory, spinning them across her palms before bowing. A move she felt she had done before, in a different life, at least. Your victor, Sophie. Sophie walked off the field with the crowd chanting behind her. The sand looked blood red from the thick dark crimson and black colored clouds of Enruk. She passed the now open iron gate and walked a few paces down the stone ramp towards her cold dark cell. Away from all of this. Sophie. She could not pretend that this man did not scare her to her core. As he grabbed her and began to verbally assault her face, Zane's voice filled her head, blocking out the sharp words and reassuring her. I'm here. Don't let him intimidate you. He scares
1: everyone, but he's nothing. Nothing but an angry slaver, Sophie. He's scum. Tell me one thing. Maggot. Where did you get those blades? They're mine. (laughs) Oh, now they are. I knew they're only once. And it's not you. At least.
0: (laughs) Uh, It matters not. Sleep well. And Maldros leered from behind the Dark Helmet before storming away. You'll die well, maggot. You will die well. (laughs) Zoran remarked on the second night that it seemed easier to move around with less guards, and he smiled to himself. There was a network of tunnels that seemed to be largely ignored throughout the facility. Ancient pathways built by the original kobolds for some purpose, but not used by the larger humanoids who would need to stoop in many cases to use them. One was actually right at the entrance to the arena. If we time it just right,
2: and if we can get rid of the two guards, we could slip into the shadows and escape
0: this hellhole. He was hiding behind a crate and able to see Sophie, Scottmere, and Thoughtmere's cells behind two orc guards in dark, rough-forged iron armor. There was only one way in, and there was nothing to hide behind. Besides, he didn't even know where they had the key.
2: (sighs) Can't do anything tonight. I'm sorry, my friends. But tomorrow... I promise tomorrow
0: we will escape. He whispered an apology under his breath as he dipped into the officer's area once again. After all, they had a mission. Find out what Pallas had planned or was planning. He returned to the unmarked war room. Digging in tomes, he found a collection of loose pages. Notes of some sort. These appeared to be an index for the wall of tomes. One caught his eye.
2: Research. Una.
0: He thumbed through the old dusty pages. They described various experiments testing clairvoyance. Page after page filled with dry data points and tables. Frustrated, he went to close it but saw something sticking out just inside the back cover.
2: Huh. Some old note. Note. She's a seer supposedly able to predict events of the future in strange visions. The rest of Amberreach are like dogs. That seems appropriate for what Ash has done. She and Dekion are both
0: amazing and horrifying to see work with each other. Huh. He folded the paper back up and placed the tome back on the shelf. He returned to the map filled with markers at various locations. Looking at the marker on the nether spring, he saw a number six. Looking on the edge of the map, he found reference. Operation Bluefire. Wait,
2: that was in that index. Yeah, let's see, Um, here it is. There's an artifact deep in the nether spring's ruins from before the destruction of the stone. Legend claims it can destroy an entire army, but be wielded in a single hand. There's supposedly an ancient portal there that can only be opened by someone of the original bloodline, whatever that means. The prophecy states that this person will travel with two pairs, two lost souls from the sea, who are actually two halves of the same coin. Also two brothers by marriage, joined from a common tragedy. Sounds ridiculous, but Lord Pallas and Dekion are convinced we can just force it open with the right tools, or ritual. He's one of the few that has ever been there, so he could be right. We... We need to get there first.
0: But... But Garnet Keep is likely his first target. Feeling confident this is the plan that they came for. He quickly took note of it and slipped into the shadows, preparing for the next day.
2: The the sun must be high. It's, It's already a long
0: day, my brother. The brothers stood side by side in the red arena, looking up past the far bleachers to the sky itself. The dark clouds separated by cracks of deep red and orange were menacing. But now, they had become accustomed to the gloomy sky. They saw it for something else entirely, ebbing and flowing like the bellows of a great forge. It was creation itself. It was freedom. Did you see your friend this morning? Yes.
2: She was right behind us on the ramp. Oh. oh.
0: <laughs> that banshee scrambled my memory as well, I think. The dwarven sons of the Gardet Mountains are back, folks. And today they will be facing one of Dekyon's finest apparitions, formless and angry. Back at the gate, Sophie watched the brothers prepare for battle. She glanced at the chalkboard.
1: We aren't on for three more matches. Good.
2: (sighs) Those not fighting should return to the mess hall for rest.
1: No. I want to watch this match.
2: Oh, (laughs) that's your little friends, aren't they?
0: Sophie glared daggers of warning at the guard from behind her dirty matted blonde locks. The other eight gladiators made their way down to the mess hall. Thinking better of taking any action against the two orcs guarding the gate, she turned back to the arena while leaning on the iron gate with both hands. They didn't notice her position, with her hands around her face, to hide the welling tears. Yes. Leave her,
2: Calvin. Let's go get some food, too, eh? Not like she can go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see you later, girly.
0: (laughs) And then Sophie was alone. She drew in a deep sigh as she pressed her head against the cold iron bars, losing herself in their touch. Time slowed for a moment as a tear rolled down her cheek. She couldn't help her chosen brother on the arena floor. She couldn't help Scottmere. She looked at her dirty hands.
1: Some good you are right now.
0: She felt the faded threads of the friendship bracelet on her wrist, absently fidgeting with it. She lost herself in a fond memory of Cordelia, giving it to her when they were children. I'm with you. Promising to always be with her. Sophie had never removed it.
1: Hope you are better off than us right now. Miss you. Hey. What? Zorin?
2: Yeah, over here, but don't draw attention to me. Look, there's a tunnel back here in the shadows. It's not very high, probably for the kobolds, but I haven't seen anyone use it. When they come off the field,
0: we're going to duck out through it. Sophie's heart soared. Freedom was here at last. And again, just as it did in the drow prison, Zoran was here to help. She heard footsteps coming up the ramp. Turning, she saw the form of Erlen walking alone up the ramp. He approached the gate next to her and stood, silent.
2: Hey. Hmm.
0: Hello.
1: Got a surprise for ya.
0: Oh... What's that? Me,
2: tall and ugly. Zorin? Hmm. Who saw you come up? Uh, no one. You sure? Yes. Now that I've returned to being a dragon again, I... I can tell. They will be down there for a while. They have no interest in me as a gladiator. I believe... They will try to capture my soul in that sword again.
0: Oh! His axe was shattered by the force of the lightning strike, folks. He's not moving! Sophie snapped back to the arena. She saw the ghostly form of some armored wraith circling the two brothers. But now Scottmere stood over the crumpled form of Thoughtmere, his axe held high in his hands.
2: No! You will be
1: destroyed, demon! <laughs>
0: Scottmere swiped three times connecting with the shrieking blue and white wisps that made up the form of the creature. Its face curled back in a scream as it disappeared. Sophie turned to Erlen, but he was already gone. Come on, let's get ready. Erlen's probably halfway home by now. (laughs) The gate ascended as Scottmere walked in, carrying the unconscious form of his brother over one shoulder.
2: Hold on. Hold on, Thotmere. Scottmere! Over
0: here! Quickly! What? Zoran?
2: Yes!
1: There's no time! We are escaping!
0: Scottmere started towards the dark recess next to the gate when he heard voices coming from down the ramp. No. I'm sorry.
1: What? Why? Come on!
2: Thotmere won't make it. We... uh... We'll have to find our own way out.
1: No! Please!
2: We will slow you down. Go! We will meet again, someday. But I have to do this. He...
0: He came back for me. Sophie knew this was goodbye. She stepped from the shadows briefly to embrace Scottmere, her chosen brother.
1: He... He did. He did. I love you. My
2: brother. Forever and always the stone. You and I, Sophie. Forever and always. I
0: will be your brother. Here. Sophie slipped a small coin into Scottmere's pocket.
1: Still owe you that drink.
0: (laughs) Goodbye, pal. Skatmere nodded and continued down the ramp as his friends plunged into the darkness below Enrook, Knowing in his heart they probably would not meet again in this life, but hoping he was wrong. It only took an hour for them to stumble across a few of the Shadow Claws, who happily showed them the way out to the north setting them on the path back to Garnet Keep, which was a week or so away. After two days' travel, they had set up camp at the foot of the Garnet Mountains and seemed to be very close to the waterfall that shrouded Smuggler's Path. Zoran was cooking some venison that Erlen had hunted on the way.
2: This is going to be the finest dining. Oh, really? I always paid attention to Elaviv's cooking.
1: Right, through your stomach, you mean.
2: That's the best way to learn. Well, it smells good. Really? (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks. Hello?
0: Stepping out of the shadows into the campfire light was a familiar face. Dirty and mud-soaked from the road. But so were they.
2: Isanatha? Sophie!
0: Ice and Arthur ran to embrace Sophie tightly.
2: We thought you all died in the fireball, but I knew. Just knew you were okay. I'm so happy I found you. I... do you mind? What? Oh, of course. Sit down and prepare for a taste sensation. That's what Una would say. <laughs> no, she wouldn't! Really? Huh, well... Wait, what... Where is Una and everyone, Isenatha?
1: Yeah, and are they behind you, or...?
0: Fear gripped Sophie's heart as she saw Isenatha's worried face.
2: They were escaping the temple underground through the heart of the volcano when it collapsed. I... No. Are they gone? No! At least, I don't think so. I believe they escaped. What about Skodomir?
0: Sophie sadly shook her head.
2: He's still trapped in the prison below the arena.
1: Zoran got separated from Benedict and Dabria, too.
0: Yeah.
2: They disappeared after the first day when I got trapped. Never saw them again in the stands, either. Hope they didn't get caught elsewhere. <laughs> not like goody-two-shoes to disappear if he knows his friends need him. Well,
1: let's not give up hope. Yes, let's not...
0: The next day, their return to Garnet Keep was a syrupy dream. They came to the same crossroads where they had all parted ways once before, when they were last all together. They stood there for a moment, and Erlen told them of his intention to return to the sea.
2: Oh, are you
1: leaving us? I I thought...
0: I'm not surprised. <laughs>
2: well, say hi to her for me. And take care of yourself, Erlin.
0: Erlin stared at him awkwardly for a moment before nodding as he turned away. Holding onto the memory of the young mariner silently was his way of bidding them all goodbye as he turned his path towards Whitford. Sophie didn't believe it felt real. Here was home, in front of her. Her friends Keldor and Elevie gave her hugs and greeting, and Zane's mother kissed both her cheeks. Her heart was locked in place though, unable to free itself to soar and fly as she had expected. Slipping into the shadows of the celebration, she made her way quickly to her room. And sitting on the edge of her soft bed, She allowed the boiling emotion to surface. Thinking of brave little Scottmere, she cradled her face in her hands and cried. In this episode, Sophie, Sarah Jenkins, Scottmere, Colton Jansen, Zane and Thoughtmere, Storm S. Cohn, Zoran, Cody Miller, Erilyn, Jordan Thompson, Isanatha, Haley Munoz, The Announcer, Joshua Thomas, Even Dragonheart, Elric Atchison, Guard, Ryan Vandykamp, Kelvin, Scott Blankfield, the Blood Pit crowd, the Dice Tower Theater Gamers, Maldros the Dark, and Keldor the Narrator, Mike Achley. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Dice Tower Theater's Dawn of Dragons. Please join us in thanking our magnificent cast for their performance, and their full list can be found in the show notes. If you'd like a sticker from our show, please leave a review on any podcasting platform and send a screenshot to dm at dicetowertheater.com with a mailing address we can send it to. In the next episode, will the group finally be reunited? And who will be brave enough to retrieve the artifact before Lord Palace and Dekion at the shadow-clad and forgotten nether spring? Until then, fellow adventurers, stay safe. I remember the oath